Welcome to another episode of Ed's Up, sponsored by the Southern Early Childhood Association. Ed's Up is a podcast all about children and those that care for them. Hosted by Dr. Melody Musgrove and Dr. Kathy Grace with the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. Well, I'm very excited that our guest today on Ed's Up is Lindsay Jones. Lindsay is the president and CEO for the National Center for Learning Disabilities in Washington, D.C. So welcome to Ed's Up, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you. And um, we typically start out each podcast kind of talking about how we came to do the work that we do. So how did you come into this business of working with families of children with learning disabilities? Oh my gosh! You know, it's such an honor to be in this to be in this field and work with great professionals like yourself. And I just feel lucky that I'm in it. My own beginnings really started with my mother, who started as a special education teacher. She was a special education director, and eventually grew um, a practice, her own PhD, grew a practice around helping individuals with learning disabilities and attention issues um, be able to succeed in school, and she worked a lot as an advocate, and, and I learned from her. And um, I, I have other family members who just found this to be a really important cause, and so I spent my young years in, in my mother's classroom, and I sort of knew the lingo. Interestingly, she um, always encouraged me not to go into special education, not to go into <laughs> teaching, and she wanted me to be a lawyer, and I look back at that now and think, I think some of that was because she herself was such a fierce advocate and she just wanted um, some ways to kind of, you know, push even harder than she than she was able to as a, a real teacher leader, which is what she was. So I went to law school and I came out of law school and actually ended up working for a firm in Arizona that represented almost all the school districts in the state. And I knew the lingo of special ed. I knew what SAFE was. I knew all the acronyms that we deal with and so very quickly found my way into a special education law practice. So I did that for 10 years and then really wanted to kind of move to the national level and had seen so many of the same problems over and over that I thought um, working at a systemic level, maybe I could impact those in a bigger way and and try to bring about change. And so that brought me to the Council for Exceptional Children where I was uh, for several years uh, learning from the great Deb Ziegler I was very excited when the job at, um, at NCLD opened, and I've been here about six years, and just last year took the home as CEO. Oh, that's really an interesting story. So basically, you've been advocating for children and families your whole life based on yeah. working with your mom. That's right. I have. That's, that's right. great. So <laughs> now you've been with uh, NCLD, the National Center for Learning Disabilities, for a while. And what a great organization that has a national presence. Um, I know when I worked in Washington and had an opportunity to work with you and with NCLD, and um, you're always on top of things of what's happening around the country, what's happening at the grassroots level, but also what's happening in Washington. So tell our listeners more about NCLD, um, kind of the mission of the organization and what you do and how you're helping. We were formed, NCLD was formed 44 years ago, right after IDEA was passed by um, parents. And we remain um, an organization that is dedicated to families um, and individuals with learning disabilities and attention issues, and we're run by parents to this day. Um, It's our goal, it's our mission to improve the lives of the one in five children 
with learning and attention issues, and we do it through a couple different ways. We empower parents and young adults, um, and we really focus on advocacy, as you just mentioned, here in D.C. and throughout the nation, um, ensuring that the laws that are in place are followed, and that as the law, as those laws and as our practice evolves, that we can remove barriers in in systems and in laws and create even more opportunities for our young adults. So we really kind of live by our credo, let no children be demeaned or have their wonder diminished because of our ignorance or inactivity. And that's kind of the spirit that guides us here at NCLD in our work. So um, many parents of children with learning and attention issues may suspect that something might be up or, or maybe even they get to, to kindergarten or first grade and uh, begin to struggle. So you know, what are some of the specific resources or tools that you have that are available for parents who are just kind of beginning this journey into the world of special education and to having children that have some unique needs? Yeah. I mean, as you and I have talked about many times, as you know, that is one of the most challenging times, I think, for parents Mm -hmm. who have children with learning and attention issues because there's so, um, there seems to be a a disconnect in some ways sometimes between the practice and, and the research and what we know. And I think so many parents, um, start to see things, but because, um, there, we have different developmental milestones and, they may, you know, different teachers approach it differently. That's a really challenging time as they as they uh, try to determine what exactly is happening with their with their child. Yes, it's a frustrating and hard journey that beginning part of it. And so I would just say we are trying to do everything we can to bring some of the new research that's forward that's coming uh, out about the brain and about early risk factors mm. and early detection. We try to translate that into usable materials for. Parents. And I know you guys are doing a ton of that too. And it's just, it's too often I think parents are told they'll grow, he'll grow out of it. Right. Um, or, you know, and that's hard because you also have this real emotional reaction of, I, I hope so, you know. <laughs> right. Sometimes that delays the desperately needed early intervention. We know that the earlier yeah. that children can get services, the better able they can, you know, overcome some of those uh, challenges that they're facing or know how to deal with them, how to compensate for them, and what kinds of services children are going to need to be successful later in school and in life, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think we can't get that information out soon enough, you know, to parents and help them. And I think, so I think we've got a lot of resources on our website. We work with our partner, understood.org, and they've got a lot of great information. Yes. I think a, a component of NCLD's work is really trying to make our information easy and accessible. Because, you know, as you know, <laughs> better than anyone, the legalese that we all deal with in this. It can be so hard. complicated. That's right. And yeah. you guys do a fantastic job of making making it easy for parents to understand. I know it's got to be incredibly overwhelming for parents who are first beginning to hear all of these, you know, this this entire language, it seems, that that is around the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and Section 504 and uh, the ADA and all of these programs that are intended to to help children with learning and attention needs and children with disabilities but can just really overwhelm parents quickly. So understanding their rights and uh, understanding the processes is especially important. And I do think you know, that you guys do a great job of helping parents understand that and know what they can do 
uh, when things, you know, maybe they feel like they're not getting the things that their child needs and helping them understand how to use the process to their benefit. Could you talk about your website and maybe some of the resources that are available to parents through your website and your, you know, related uh, other through understood as well? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I mean, I think one of the hardest things is when you get hit, you walk, a parent walks into a meeting with so many mm. specialists in there who are busy and they're, they, this is their fourth meeting of the day and, you know, that overwhelming sense. So on our, on our website, we've really got a lot of materials, mostly under our action center and our advocacy center, where we have a lot of sort of one-on-one and describer materials. And one thing I want to say about all of our materials, um, including those that, that are on our partner website understood, we really, you know, it's our position at NCOD that families and schools must work together. Yes. Um, and, you know, we take, so everything, because the reality is most people can't just pull their kid out of a school and put them <laughs> somewhere else. And, and right. so we want to make sure that our orientation, both educators and parents, and that doesn't mean we don't support, that we're not strong supporters of due process rights. So you'll find a lot of information on our website about the law, what your rights are, um, where things stand. And um, those types of, of resources, I think, are, we, so we have these good kind of 101 explainers on the website about what's IDEA, what's 504, that are written in parent-friendly language. We also have a pretty extensive reports and studies um, section, which I think, you know, as parents, what I've found, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this, too, in your in all of your work, Melody, but I, I feel like the parents go on an advocacy journey, you know, they, they start as sort of deer in the headlights, but many of them become incredible experts as they move, you know, they kind of have to, they just sort of self-educate about these different things and they become, you know, really good resources for our policy work and for the community. And so we, that's where I think we get the most interaction. We have a report called the State of Learning Disabilities that is really a compilation of all of the data um, that's out there, basically. It's like a, we've been analyzed it, brought it together, got different features on it, but it's a good, it's probably our top-used advocacy tool, actually, I would say. Absolutely, um, and I was going to ask you about, I'm glad you mentioned that, that's a perfect transition, about the state of LD. Would you would you just hit kind of some of the highlights of that, because that is such a great report, and you guys put a lot of time and effort, and it's an admired report. People respect your work. So would you talk about just maybe a couple of the high points of that report? What are the most important things for people to know and take away from that report? Yeah, absolutely. I think this report gives you a good, so it links to lots of other stuff, too. So if Mm -hmm. you want to go deep on something, you can. But in the overview, it starts with our really some clear understanding about the definitions of some of the words, ADHD, dyscalculia, math, you know, all of those things. It gives mm-hmm. you some of those things in easy-to-understand ways as a starting point. If we talk a lot about kind of prevalence, and then we focus on, I think, some of the most important things that are in here are the funding and the federal laws mm-hmm. that are covered. It gives a great overview of those, so it doesn't, you, you can kind of get a sense of what's the universe. And then, you know, it's a challenge, but we do talk about um, what are some of the things parents need to watch out for, some of the opportunities that are there. We try to give that um, sense of, of a lot of different areas. Um, and so, there's, you know, it's, it is a data report, so it's going to give you some sense of 
um, how are our students with learning disabilities achieving in different areas? Where do they need more help? What are some of the accommodations that are most used? It gives a really good sense of some of the social, emotional, and mm. the stigma and the stigma issues that are there, which parents, you know, that is almost that is some, you know, certainly parents are concerned about academics, but I I think there is around this area there's a lot of um, unfortunately because children are are too often aren't identified early enough, stigmas and shame can yes. attach as they are unaware of what is the cause of their difference. Yes. And so it's good to have that information as a parent to be proactive um, with their mental health. Yes, and one thing that I know you and I strongly agree on, um, and that is that you know, for the, I think one of the most important things for parents to understand is that a child with a learning disability is absolutely capable of learning the same things that other children learn. They just may need to learn it differently and have different supports. Uh, but if they are getting what they need, there is no, we should continue to have the same high expectations for them that we have for, you know, for other children. And those high expectations are critical to a child's success. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I've been doing this since I was such a small, child <laughs> mm-hmm. or been a bit around it and I just it, I'm baffled at how often I have to say that to people or yes. and I know you are too and I know that we have some some uh, negative statistics about children you know with, with learning disabilities but my god I mean we see people every day there is no reason that someone can't achieve it at amazing and high levels if they get what they need it's about figuring out what they need getting them what they need absolutely be good self-advocate yeah uh, absolutely oh i'm so glad you mentioned that about self-advocacy that is that's why it's so important that children be involved in developing their if they have an iep that they're involved from an early age and helping develop so that they can grow up saying here's what i need and being able to advocate for themselves as they get older because then when children get to college of course they have to self-report there is no iep when they get to college so they have to be able to self-advocate really and it begins at an early age right absolutely it needs to start early early on and they need to have opportunities to practice it before they're thrown into the environment where as you mentioned in college where they are going to a disabilities office alone parents aren't going in with them right in fact legally parents won't get information right. unless the child releases it so there's a, and then they have to ask in the workforce, they have to ask. And we face that, you know, we've done a lot of work on self-advocacy. Um, you were a critical part of that work. Um, we've well, got reports you. on here about um, self-advocacy and self-determination. And we've recently started a young adult leadership council of young adults. It started last year. It's um, 15 adults every year. It's 30 young adults at once. They're ages 18 to 26. Um, they serve this two-year term. And it is just, it's informed our policy work so much, and we need to lift their voices up and get their stories out. And they are incredible self-advocates, and we need more models of that because when they own it, then the shame leaves them. This, with the stigma and the fear that uh, some unknowable thing about me is wrong. It's like no, nothing's wrong. That's this right. is how you are. We're all different. Yes. Figure out what you need. Go get it and achieve. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And one of the other things that I think, you know, helps with that as well is both through your website and through, as you said, your partner website, understood.org, is you have the kind of the personal stories of a lot of very famous people who have learning disabilities and attention issues. And so I think when young people understand that, you know, they're not alone in the, the way that they're thinking and feeling and the experiences that they have, uh, and the things that they need, that then that helps them to be able to, okay, well, maybe I'm not so different after all. And uh, I really encourage parents and any um, maybe college students who are listening to, to visit your website and the understood.org website and to look at the resources of, uh, that are available there and um, see how you can help really advocate for more children and youth with learning and attention issues. Again, Lindsay is the president and CEO of the National Center for Learning Disabilities. Thank you again, Lindsay. It's been great talking with you. You too. Bye-bye. You. And now it's time for our Lit Bit. In the past, we've used many poems that have been by people who are no longer with us, who've passed away. But today's poem is by Jack Prelutsky, who lives in Seattle, Washington. And he was named our very first Children's Poet Laureate back in 2006. And he has lots of fun poems for children. This one is Super Samson Simpson by Jack Prelutsky. I am Super Samson Simpson. I'm superlatively strong. I like to carry elephants. I do it all day long. I pick up half a dozen and hoist them in the air. It's really somewhat simple, for I have strength to spare. My muscles are enormous. They bulge from top to toe. And when I carry elephants, they ripple to and fro. But I am not the strongest in the Simpson family, for when I carry elephants, my grandma carries me. That is Super Samson Simpson by Jack Prelutsky. And that is from Poets.org. Poets.org. Give your child the gift of literature through poetry. Thank you for joining us today for Ed's Up. We're always interested in stories about children and those who care for them. If you'd like to share your story, email us at edsup at olemiss.edu. Until next time, bye-bye. Ed's Up is a production of the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. The views and opinions of podcast participants are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the university, its employees, or any affiliated entity. 